Earth Mother. Her breath is earthy, soft and sweet, her body warm and nourishing. She offers fruit and herbs in their season, milk and honey without money and without price. Rachel Hunt Steenblick I can't wait to share this episode with you. Kate has some really great stories and metaphors to share. She has created an Instagram page since we recorded this episode. Her handle is daughter of mother underscore earth, where she discusses how we can recognize the divine feminine in nature in our own body and also sustainable living and affirming our cycles and birth giving. It's a really beautiful page, so I encourage you to go check her out. And without further ado, here's Kate. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I was so excited when you reached out to me on Instagram and said that you would like to be interviewed. And you have a pretty unique experience to share with us. So let's jump right in. Who are you? What's Kate about? <laughs> okay. I'm a woman. I um, grew up in Utah. And currently, my husband and I live in Texas in the Dallas area. So we're neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. We've been here five years and I have two kids. We went to BYU-Idaho and that's where I studied psychology and didn't really know what I was going to do with it. But one of the things that I considered was counseling. Then I decided to get married and didn't decide to pursue that further after we graduated. Something that I could talk about for days is birth and women's health. Those are things that I'm really like passionate about and also just love to be outdoors and try to prioritize being outdoors with my kids as much as I can. Wonderful. I love it. Sarah will be sad that she misses. She is all about birth too and nature. Oh, awesome. So, <laughs> and I'm, I love those topics as well, but she's yeah. like actually a doula and studying to uh -huh. be a midwife and. <laughs> Yes. I want to be a childbirth educator. That's, that's a goal. It's not for this season while well, my kids are so little right now, but yeah, at least for me. Well, that would be such a dream. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your journey finding Heavenly Mother. So I think like my serious walking toward her started about a year ago when my daughter was born. So my second, shortly after that, you know, I had uh, one of my really good friends, her name's Emily, and she uh, was just visiting me and just kind of brought up the subject. And she was like, some of these Facebook groups that I'm on are just a lot of women expressing this desire to hear more about her. And, you know, why don't we talk about her that much? And it would just, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's really interesting. But it was a really powerful time for me, like as a new mother again. And so she said that she started kind of changing the pronouns while she was singing songs to her kids. And so I was like, okay, I think I could kind of experiment with that. And things just snowballed as they do, right? And I ended up with 
she gave me the book Mother's Milk. For Mother's Day, she bought it for herself and I. And just consumed that. I just like really slowly and wept over it and read it again and again. And I was just like, I am in this, you know, I remember. So it was like right around Mother's Day that I like brought it up to my husband and I just started digging in. So this was Mother's Day of this year? No, 2020. Okay. Yeah. So last year. So lots of time to sit around and read. (laughs) Yeah. And especially because I had a newborn. So I just was, Mm. um, you know, sitting, nursing her and just thinking about mother. Right. And so, yeah. And just continue to accumulate books and everything. And last February or the beginning of last year, I wrote down my testimony of Heavenly Mother in my journal. And then I just felt like I have to share this in testimony meeting. Um, at church. And at first I was like, well, I, you know, maybe I'll do it in May for Mother's Day. And it was just like, nope, today, now. And um, I just got such a great response from that. Our stake president was there and my husband had just gotten a new calling. And in a meeting we were in, in that presidency, the president continually kept saying, you know, our Heavenly Mother and Heavenly Father love the children in this ward. And, mm-hmm. you know, like prompted by my testimony, but just like, so welcoming and the stake president came up to me and said thank you so much for your comments so wow I don't know why I got on that tangent I mean I do know why but <laughs> I don't mean to go on with it. <laughs> oh no you're fine I love hearing that yeah so and I had like friends in the ward reach out and be like tell me more about this and so it's been really great and that's awesome yeah now it's just like there's just like you said there's just so much you you can make a whole podcast about it. <laughs> uh, when like over a year ago I wasn't thinking about it that often. So I think 2020 was a big year for a lot of people to start their search. Yeah, yeah. Whitney Call, she was on Studio C. I think it was like she posted a blog post that I read that like led me to a lot of the articles and things that just made me dig in. And I just remember reading, I think it was like how to worship heavenly mother without getting excommunicated. That article, I forget which journal, what, what the site is. How to worship our mother in heaven without getting excommunicated was from dialogue, I believe by Kevin Mm -hmm. L. Barney. So if people want to look that up, they can. Awesome. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good one, a good starting point. I just remember like the feeling, like I haven't felt this very often in my life, but like a burning in my bosom, mm. you know, and there's a poem in one of Rachel Huntstein's like books that sometimes just wanting to be close to her is enough. Like it's, it warms me up. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. So what prompted you to reach out to me and share about her on this podcast? So y'all had done an article, not an article, a podcast about your experience in Romania. Looking back on what that had been for you now with new light. And as I listened to that, it just sparked the memory of this, which was, oh, I haven't explained what this is. (laughs) It sparked the memory of a life-changing experience and a program that I was part of during college in 2015. 
and how I could look back and see Heavenly Mother there, even though I wasn't really thinking about her in that way um, at the time. And yeah, just throughout your whole podcast, that's what I kept thinking. I was like, I could really share a cool perspective. And then at the end of your podcast, you were just like, please follow whatever promptings that you're being given and be a missionary for Heavenly Mother. And I was like, okay, well, (laughs) exactly. Okay. That was the prompting. So I'll do it. Wonderful. So with all this buildup that we've had, what is this program (laughs) that you did during college? Okay. So like I said, I was a student of psychology and kind of trying to find my way. What am I supposed to do? And a fellow classmate brought up this program. It's a wilderness therapy program designed mostly for youth, like teenagers, but also young adults. And he like barely described it. He's like, you hike from water source to water source and it's like primitive camping and it's just therapeutic. And he hadn't even like told me the name and I was like, I'm supposed to do that. I just know I'm supposed to do that. Wow. And so I read the book, The Anatomy of Peace, which is by the Arbinger Institute. And you can get that anywhere. I recommend that book to every person that has people in their life. <laughs> if you have relationships with other people, you should read that book. And in the, the book, it's like a, it's a fiction story, but it's based on experiences of people at Anasazi. So that was kind of where I started. And these people just showed up in my life, like literally on my doorstep one day. And they were like, you are interested in Anasazi. We did that. And so they gave me the inside scoop and I got hired and Basically, what it is, is primitive backpacking. So I was called a trail walker. I would go and lead the youth through the wilderness. And these youth are going through all sorts of things. Any kind of things could be, well, what they call backwards walking. (laughs) It could be involvement in drugs or just antisocial behavior in general. Or it could be like they're going through depression and could be a lot of things, just maladies of the modern world. Their parents would bring them, you know, hopefully with their consent or, you know, with them knowing beforehand. And they would spend about 40 days in the wilderness. And this is not tent camping. This is literally we had like a sleeping bag and a tarp and paracord and like a knife. And they would bring basic food supplies in and we would backpack with those, but we would fold the tarp into a backpack. So we make the backpack and that's what you wear to hike around. And then at the end of the day, you like make your tarp into your shelter. Oh my gosh. And we made primitive fire. So we just gathered from our surroundings. We were in Arizona um, in the Tonto National Forest and So you're like doing what you see them do on Survivor or on Castaway, (laughs) like rubbing sticks together, um, which is like a really powerful spiritual experience too. And every single person learns to do that and like can do that on their own. And you have to do that every night to be able to cook food and be warm and have light. Oh man, I feel like it would take me so long to start a fire that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well... The first weekend you're there, you kind of do 
it's just you and a couple of trail walkers that are leaders. So you don't join your full band yet. And that's when they teach you to make your fire set and do it. And it does like it can take all day. For me, it took all day the first day. I think it might have taken me two days Wow, to do it. And then so then when you do it and you bust a coal and you put it in kindling and blow it into a flame, it's such an amazing moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just really unique experience. These young walkers are out there for eight weeks at a time and they are transformed mm-hmm. most most of the time. Uh, the mission statement of the Anasazi Foundation is to prepare parents and children to turn their hearts to one another, begin anew, and walk in harmony in the wilderness of the world. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about that because as you, you know, one of your posts recently on her scripture account referenced that the Book of Mormon talks about Mother Earth. And I've just continued to think about that phrase. And even though like, I know that we believe that she has a physical body that looks like ours, I've just been thinking about the earth as our mother. And, you know, these scriptures like Mosiah and Genesis, we're told that we're made from the dust of the earth. And that's why we call it our mother, because we came from her. And so she's all around us. I think that the earth was created for this purpose to remind us of the characteristics of the mother. So yeah, that is what the program kind of uses as this curriculum is the other book that I want to talk about called The Seven Paths. This is the book that is given to the young walkers to study. And it's very approachable. It's like 100 pages, double space. But it goes through each of the phases of creation, essentially. You know, if you think about it through the temple, like how God created the world. So it goes through each of these elements of light, wind, stone, water, animals, plants, and then humans. And gives examples of ways that these things can teach us to walk forward in our life and walk forward and gather light. That is fascinating. Do you know if this program was started by a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Yes, actually. Larry Olson and Ezekiel Sanchez in the 1960s. So they are both members of the church. Okay. And they, in the 1960s, they kind of started this wilderness therapy. And all it really was was like taking people out into the wilderness because they just believed that that would heal people. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, later recruited the help of colleges and formed a, a real program around it. So one thing that's unique about it too, is that it's not just like you send your kid off and like, okay, fix my kid, but it's really a whole family solution. So the therapists, the counselors, or they call them shadows, meet every week over the phone or in person with parents and in person with the young walkers. And they kind of act as a mediator and they're the ones that deliver the letters. And, you know, the whole goal is that the whole family will have a transformation because, you know, if you have this big transformation and then this experience in the wilderness and then you go home and everything's exactly the same at home, it's not going to stick. It's not going to do any good. Mm -hmm. And parents learn to change their walking. And yeah, it's really incredible. 
It's a really incredible program. I was only there for a semester and then I went back for a couple weeks during the summer. But, you know, I just saw people change. That is so, that sounds so profound. I love that it was for 40 days, you know, like a Mm -hmm. Moses in the wilderness. That's such a profound number. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. And man, just everything about it seems so fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was hard. It's like a mission in that it like condenses your life experience (laughs) into these few months. You experience so much that you go through this huge transformation in kind of a short amount of time. If, if your heart is willing, if you're walking, you know, with that intention. And a lot of times people don't start that way. You know, they get there and they're mad, Mm. but then you see the light in their eyes and this book. It teaches true principles that we can find taught in the gospel, but like that are just true in the world. But it uses new words and terminology that kids and humans don't already have something against. They're not already using psychobabble, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, if they've been to counselor before and they're just like, you're trying to therapize me. Mm -hmm. But it's really just look at what the earth is doing look at what water is doing like how it cleanses you how it refreshes you how it heals you how it doesn't leave a scar when you punch it like it just heals you know that's just one example so yeah whatever we have time for or whatever really fit, feels right but i kind of went through it again and and wrote down some of the lessons from some of these elements that sounds beautiful, and I'm already picking up on some Heavenly Mother symbolism here. So let's, mm-hmm. yeah, I would love to hear some more of these and how you saw her with you on the trail and just lessons that you learned at the time. Great. I did want to share this scripture that I feel like uh, we don't hear very much, but one of the reasons I was um, have been thinking about the earth as the mother, and it's in Moses in the Pearl of Great Price. Enoch looks upon the earth and he heard a voice from the bowels thereof saying, Woe, woe is me, the mother of men. I am pained. I am weary because of the wickedness of my children. When shall I rest and be cleansed from the filthiness which has gone forth out of me? When will my creator sanctify me that I may rest in righteousness for a season, abide upon my faith? And so there is a number of scriptures where the earth is personified this way. And I was just listening to a podcast made from Anasazi called Fire Circle. And they were talking about how at the end of your walking, people are just like so excited to see their family. Like it just draws you to your your heart, to your family. Even if before you left, you were warring against your family and you were like, I hate you. You know, I never want to see you again. And it just softens our heart. And they were like, I I don't know why that is. And, you know, it also made me think of like the hearts of the children will be turned to their fathers and their mothers and the parents will be turned to their children. And I'm just like, that is what the earth was created to do was to draw us together Mm -hmm. so that we could all be like bound together as this big family. That's beautiful. Not only like for your direct family, but it draws our hearts to one another no matter who it is, so that we can stop seeing people as 
an object or a problem for us, but seeing them as a person just like us who has hopes and dreams and fears and pain. And when we can do that, then the world can be changed if we're all seeing each other like that and not seeing each other as objects and enemies. Wow. And that's what this experience really does for people. And you don't have to go through this program to <laughs> to feel that, but yeah. That's amazing. And I love how it feels to me like this was a big formative experience for your life too. And so even if you're not going through the program for yourself, just experiencing it is life-changing uh, no matter where you're coming from, right? Or what your Definitely. story is. I think that applies to everybody too, that no matter where we're at or what we're facing, a little mother earth therapy <laughs> would be good for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yes. When I was dating my husband, I was like fresh off the trail. One of the things he noticed about me was that when we were in nature or just together, I had this amazing capacity to be present. And I wish I could say that was still so true of me. It was such a skill that I learned from being out there and just having a lot of time just sitting like, mm -hmm. or just hiking in silence, you know, if you can go out and do that, you can have these awakenings and this peace of mind that the mother is reaching out to us. And I wanted to read from the preface of the seven paths. It says these ancient teachers understood well that no man is as wise as mother earth. She has witnessed every human day, every human struggle, every human pain, and every human joy. For maladies of both body and spirit, the wise ones of old pointed man to the hills. For man, too, is of the dust, and Mother Earth stands ready to nurture and heal her children. Unfortunately, modern man has moved far from Mother Earth, and as he has done so, his maladies have multiplied. Our work is with those who have been struck with the maladies of the modern age. We have found that no modern prescriptions heal the human heart so fully or so well as the prescription of the ancient ones. To the hills, they would say, to which we would add, to the trees, the valleys, and the streams as well. For there is a power in nature that man has ignored, and the result has been heartache and pain. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And it seems to be especially applicable today when I, I don't want to overgeneralize for everybody. But for me personally, I know that I spend a good chunk of my day on my phone. Yeah. It's like we've created this new drug to recharge our bodies, the screen. I mean, and on the trail, we just sleep on the ground, right? In our sleeping bags. Mm -hmm. But somebody said that they just felt like when they slept on the earth, that it recharged their body. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is so true. The first couple of days, you're like, oh, I'm kind of sore. <laughs> I'm not used to this. I'm used to something else. That's what I would but guess like I would experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're sore because you've been hiking. But when you start to just become more in tune, it's like the source of our bodies will recharge our bodies, not this social media that we're mm. trying to fill. So one of the paths, the seven paths path, I think, because of a way of being that leads us back to one another, the connection. So like the path of plants, one of the examples in this is an allegory. And he talks about how it teaches us about counterfeits and 
like as much as we're so grateful for all these plants that do so much for us and their their whole life is giving and that's why they make they make everything beautiful Mm -hmm. because their life is service and then on the flip side of that that there's counterfeits there's poison oak there's berries that are poisonous to us that look like food Mm -hmm. and so as we learn to discern from plants in the wilderness of which ones bless me which ones bring goodness to my life then which ones are poison and toxic to me then look up at your life and say like what in my life is actually the path of plants what is teaching me and growing me and what is a counterfeit that I'm trying to use to get the same benefit and it's actually poisoning me Mm, that's so good yeah and I, I just keep thinking this book is just such a starting point and I don't know if I already said this but you can't go to it and be like, okay, this is going to tell me all everything that like each element of nature is going to now make sense to me. It just gets you in the mindset. And then after the first couple weeks of someone being on the trail, they're just commonly like, oh, I noticed this. And it just reminded me of this in my life or this experience that we had that was so difficult, like climbing this mountain. I just felt like I was so strong and that I could do anything. And especially in this challenge in my life with my relationship, you know, so, Mm. so yeah, I would challenge everyone to start spending more time outside and trying to notice. I love that. Maybe start by reading the book. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It is a great starting point. You can get it at anywhere, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold, I think. Awesome. So I did, I wanted to share one of my awakenings or something that I had an example of concerning the path of light, which is the first one, you know, God said, let there be light. Great. I had, it was my second week on the trail and just from the get go, it was pouring rain. It was February. We're crossing rivers in like waist deep water. We're like bushwhacking, right? We're not, there's no trail like actual path we just have to find coordinates on a map and one of the girls in our band just had a total breakdown and it was very dramatic and concerning and my friend was like holding her and we just prayed aloud in that moment because she was just getting really worked up and I'm being (laughs) ambiguous because you know, for privacy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she had kind of hit rock bottom. It was like her first week on the trail and she hit rock bottom. And we just had this powerful experience as she said, like, I'm never going to walk another step. (laughs) And we were like, then we'll sit here and wait with you. We won't force you, but we love you. And it's raining and it's cold and we need to go be by the fire. And eventually everything calmed down. And she joined us in the fire and like I said it had been raining and we were like we had a big tarp over the fire but there wasn't a lot of dry wood like the wood that we had was kind of wet so it wasn't burning very well and I don't know if you've ever noticed that if you have a fire if you only have one log it really doesn't burn very well even if the coals beneath it are hot enough but if you put another log adjacent to it there will be something to bounce off of and both logs will burn much better than they would in vigilance. So that was pointed out to us in a training at the beginning of the week and likened to a strength that we get from other people in our walking. 
But the night after that experience, I sat staring at the fire during my night watch. I had one log on the fire and the middle of it was right over the hottest coals. Eventually, the middle burned and crumbled and it became two logs. I took the two ends of the log and slid them in so that they were now parallel and they burned much brighter together. In that moment, I saw that though others can provide that light and help while next to us, there's also something that happens as we break down ourselves. In the broken parts of ourselves, we can find new light, new healing, and new strength. I have found that that is a significant purpose in the structure of wilderness therapy and in the Creator's way of humbling each of us. When we are in the lap of luxury, always surrounded by those we can be codependent upon, or when we have no adversity to overcome, we are not humble enough to reach within ourselves or to God. If we could consistently access these sources of real strength, we could sail smoothly through life. I believe that often we don't know what is available for our assistance until we're brought to our breaking point. I came to understand the need for adversity so much more powerfully this week. Wow, that is such a cool lesson. Such a cool lesson. I feel like a lot of times we can be afraid of that. We're afraid of the breaking. We think like if something breaks in, something's wrong, you know, something's wrong with me. But that is just so powerful. And it leads my thoughts back to Christ, whose whole purpose is to fix broken things, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not allowing him Mm -hmm. to make us better if we never allow ourselves to be humbled or broken. Wow. Thank you so much for taking us there to that experience with Mm -hmm. you. That was really, really deep. Thank you. Yeah, it's like if we're broken, you know, that light is coming from God. Like it breaks open our divine nature, you know, like what Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother put inside us. And I don't know what I was also just thinking about, like composting, which my friend, (laughs) the same one that first brought it up to me before that had started talking about how her love of composting (laughs) And she has this great story where that's how she met her husband, or that was like something she and her husband like really loved to do together. And at first I thought, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but then now I'm like so into it. You a know? new romantic thing. And <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's great. They're just salt of the earth. But um, they taught me about it. I like got into this. This was a couple of years ago. I started my own composting pile in my yard but just thinking about how like that the earth mother earth like teaches us that like old things die away and new things are born from it Mm -hmm. you know like we put like the leaves fall and we gather them and we take our food scraps and all the things that we don't need anymore and we bury it and what comes up is so beautiful and so nourishing and just brings new life all the time. The earth goes through these cycles of the seasons and our bodies as women and men, we go through cycles Mm -hmm. and we should follow that and live in tune with our cycles and not hate our cycles. And, (laughs) you know, that's like, I'm, that's how I think of the menstrual cycles. Like when we are menstruating, we're just like shedding everything from the past month that we don't need anymore. We're just getting rid of it. Mm -hmm. 
and like starting over with new life. And so I'm like really excited about <laughs> periods and composting, things that people love to talk about at parties. <laughs> Great conversation starters. I love it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But that really is something that like these themes do come up as you start to learn and like have a personal journey getting to know Heavenly Mother. These same themes just come up so much as do with Mother Earth. It's like, yeah, there's yeah. cycles and there's purpose to that divine purpose. And yeah. I think we're really good at ignoring those as a whole in our society so that's one thing I want to study is how to lean into and flow with my cycles yeah it really goes along with just noticing the earth and what it's doing and and what it can teach you another path it talks about animals and about sacrifice and it gives this legend within a allegory of the legend of the lamb which is really beautiful and you know Christians we see it as it's kind of a clear, like, this is about Christ. But even for people that are not Christian, we can recognize the service and the sacrifice of animals and be grateful to them and not forget about it. So, yeah, it's really beautiful. Check out page 73. Yeah, I would love to hear the allegory. Okay, so this is the offering of animals. Perhaps it surprises you to hear the word peace applied to animals, since so many of them kill to survive. But observe them and you will understand. There are two ways to walk, even in hunting. Let me explain with another legend, a story known among my people as the legend of the lamb. It is said that before the foundation of the earth was laid, the animals gathered in a grand council to decide the order of their existence. How would they survive and multiply, they wondered. What would be their source of food? Would all eat grass? Then what would be left to cover the earth in softness? And who would inhabit the highest climes and lowest vales? The debate grew loud and heated. Amid the clamor, the Grand Council failed to notice one among them who had made his way slowly to the fore. He called to them, My brothers and sisters of the earth. All who were talking fell silent. Before them stood one who ate grass a lamb. Not just any lamb, but the greatest of them all. My dear friends, he began, you are dear to me, as you know. I have come to know your hearts, each and every one. They will lead you to multiply and replenish the earth, from its tips to its depths. For this is the desire that is in you, the desire to fulfill the measure of your creation. But you must be free to do so. The bird must fly, the lion must roam the land, the fish must explore all the waters. You must not be bound to the grass. I will provide you the freedom you need by providing you all with food. The Grand Council looked around in wonder. What food, they asked, almost in unison. I will offer myself as your food, he said. My flesh and blood will sustain you wherever you need to go. But how can it? asked one. You will see, said he. The Grand Council fell silent. The silence continued for hours. It was not a time for words, only for feelings. All were pondering the sacrifice of the lamb. Finally, out of the reverent stillness, a dove took flight and lifted a song on the wind. This act must not be forgotten, it sang. This act must be remembered still. 
Our lives must join in the offering. Our acts must testify of his. The dove lighted on the shoulder of the lamb while the music grew on the wind. The grand council joined in one voice in song, adding their words to the breeze. We too must offer as he has done, they sang. We too must give, for each act of offering points to the act whereby life was given. That was so amazing. I'm so glad that you shared that. Thank you. It was really, really touching. Okay, yep, I need to get this book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I love in that the dove is also there, represented, our mother who testified of Christ. Wow. As I was reading that, I was thinking about your experience with the Romanian children and just feeling mother's intuition of what they needed and just sharing that love. And I definitely felt that way walking with these amazing young people. Walking with them the way that the Savior does and the way that our mother does, walking through the wilderness, it meant blisters and fatigue and hunger and sorrow and missing home. And I had all of those same feelings and experiences as I was walking with them, but also was given the capacity by God to endure it and to be there for them as well. Well, I was suffering at the same time, but that I could sorrow with them Mm. and hear them. And we would often sit, we'd have a sitting, which is kind of like a more private conversation between two people and you just sit down and they can just share whatever it is and just have someone that is fully there. You know, obviously we did not have our phones. We didn't have any distractions that we would normally have. And we just could be there and listen and share things as we felt directed or not share anything and just listen. And I know that my fellow trail walkers would say the same thing that if they think about it, whether they believe in a heavenly father and mother and Jesus Christ or just a creator or some sort of positive force in the universe, the spirit of the creator was so strong with us. And we saw miracles all the time. And we saw it in our adversity. We would be in monsoons. But actually, I had this experience where I was in a band. We like all got packed up in the morning. We were going to leave. It was kind of a rainy week. The whole winter season is kind of rainy, you know, mm-hmm. at least it's not snow. But um, <laughs> we got packed up and one of the Sanagua walkers, she was a young adult, just didn't want to get out of her shelter and wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And it caused tension in the band and it was just like put us all in kind of a bad place. And then we had like put out our fire. And then we wait, we're waiting and we were trying to show compassion and love and like help. She wouldn't be helped. And so then it started to rain and then we didn't have a fire and we were all on the side of this mountain. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most miserable experiences. (laughs) We like could not make fire because everything was just wet. And I had my little mini hymn book there and I had just been singing hymns all day and night and 
in the moment, like it was just miserable. Like there's just like, it was miserable all the way until the next day. Right. But some weeks later I met up with that band again and some of them shared their stories with me. One of them, you know, we were so cold and he said, I didn't want to be there. And I just had this feeling come over me. Like I was sitting in a hot tub Mm. and I just felt so warm. And I just know that that was the creator. And another from that same band, he was raised in a family of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But, you know, he was like, I don't even think I believe in a God. And it took us so long to get fire, but we were really desperate. And he was the one working on it, trying to bust a coal. And he just said a prayer and he was able to bust a coal, like get fire. Mm-hmm. And he just was like, I knew that God was real. I don't know what everything that I believe, but like, I'll never be able to deny that God did that for me. Mm-hmm. And these kind of miracles and experiences are happening every day in nature, whether it's at Anasazi or just in our lives. Our parents are aware of us. That's my testimony. I, I know that they're aware of us and that all of our adversity is just natural from the earth and it's teaching us what we need. That is so beautiful. Thank you, Kate, for sharing all those experiences with us and for that hope and encouragement for our own wildernesses that a lot of us are in right now. That's just really powerful. And I'm just so grateful for all your words and the spirit that you have brought to this and the meaning that you brought to your experiences. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up? I was going to share Rachel Hunt Steenblick's another poem called The Slash Her. Okay. She says, the rivers, her blood moving, the banks, her veins, the mountains, her breast, the forests, her lungs, our breath, the earth, her heart beating. And another one, after sleeping in the forest, Mary wrote, I thought the earth remembered me. She took me back so tenderly. I thought the same thing of my mother. I thought, amen. I love those. I'm so grateful for her and for the ways that she's so obvious in our lives. And so we thought that she wasn't and we were all wrong. So So beautifully wrong. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this awesome podcast. I really enjoyed listening to it and grateful to contribute and be a missionary. Thank you so much for reaching out and for sharing your piece. I really appreciate it and can't wait for everybody to get to hear. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today. We love this community and would be thrilled to hear from you. Please leave us a review. To offset the cost of recording and producing this podcast, you can make a monthly donation of $0.99 on up to $9.99 at anchor.fm slash inherimage slash support. We hope you'll subscribe and join us again next Sunday for another inspiring episode.